welcome to GYSB Talks. I am your host, Carla Palmer, founder and creator of GYSB. Get your sexy back, health and fitness movement. Over 13 years ago, I lost over 50 pounds and on that journey, I found joy, peace and more self-love. That's how the GYSB movement got started because I wanted to share with other people what I had found for myself. And now in my 50s, I'm still on this journey. And now I'm starting to navigate some of the inevitable changes that come with aging. So GYSB Talks will cover topics that will help women in their 40s, 50s, and 60s get to their next level of optimal living. Physically, mentally, spiritually, financially, and in relationships. Guys, I'm so glad you're here. Now, let's get into today's topic, shall we? We've got a special episode of GYSB Talks today. We're going to be talking about preparing yourself for dating and marriage. We have amazing guests, as always. We're going to be talking today with Dana and Devon Artis of Legacy Impact Coaching. In their 18 years of marriage, Devon and Dana Artis have laughed together, cried together, fought together, and even worked through a few struggle years together. Training, along with firsthand experiences, has enabled them to unlock the secrets to having a sustainably healthy relationship. For over a decade, they have been thriving in their marriage. Through their practice, Legacy Impact Coaching, they are coaching other couples around the world, helping them create the marriage of their dreams. They also help singles desiring to be married prepare in their current season. Their passion and life purpose is to help people like you create your own legacy of a healthy, happy home. Both of them hold degrees in communication and believe that effective communication is the foundation for healthy marriages. The skills taught in their communication renovation program have been instrumental in rescuing many relationships from the brink of destruction. So excited to get into this conversation today. Let's get started. Hi, Dana and Devon. Thank you so much for taking the time to be with GYSB Talks community today. Thank you for having us. I'm excited to talk to you guys today. I wanted to bring you on because there are a lot of women in the GYSB Talks community. We really target women in their 50s um, who are single. And some of us are super single, like myself. I've been single for seven years. Not sure if I want to get into the dating uh, game. But there are some women who really want to be intentional about finding love, about dating and getting married. And I thought, You guys would be so great to come on today. I love your content. I love the way you message the information to your audience. And so thank you so much for being here. Um, I want to start off by talking about your your self-love checklist that you have created and talk a little bit about that, because I do believe that really focusing in on yourself and, and how you're showing up in the dating world really is important. So can we talk about that? Sure. I think the self-love is so important um, as single, but even in the married realm. So if you're not doing it in your singleness, it's going to be that much harder um, when you do get married. So that's kind of why I instituted that and have that um, on our um, Instagram, because we need to begin to love ourselves and accept where we're at and appreciate 
things about us that sometimes we feel are not perfect. I was one that was that person. And it wasn't until I got married that my husband kept telling me, oh, you're beautiful, or I love this about you. And I didn't believe it. Mm. And mm-hmm. it was just him over time, just saying it repeated, repeated that I began to see myself in a different light. Mm-hmm. And I believe that a lot of women struggle in that area and it can impact intimacy. It can impact a lot of different things when you get into a relationship. And that is something that we struggled with. So the self-love checklist, that's exactly what it's set up to do, to begin, even in your singleness, to begin to appreciate who you are, your beauty, how God created you, but also appreciating yourself, like doing things, taking yourself out to dinner, doing the manicures or getting the massages, things that um, you really need to love on yourself. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And not expecting someone to show up and take care of that for you. I, I love that. And I think a lot of women are just very apprehensive about going out to the movies by themselves or going and getting a nice meal at a nice restaurant and sitting there by themselves. And it took me a while to get to that point. I remember one time, I think it was probably like last year, I went to this nice restaurant um, on one of these LA rooftops and they were playing such great music. And so I was sitting there by myself and there were like couples all around having dinner. And I'm sitting there, y'all know how you see me on Instagram. I was just dancing, <laughs> yes. I was dancing at my seat, like eating my food. And this couple walked up to me and they were like, you are just so full of joy. And I was like, I didn't even realize they were looking at me. I said, yeah, I'm having a really good time by myself. I'm really enjoying this. Not to say that I don't ever want to have a mate, but I think over time, like as I continue to get out of my comfort zone and do those things, like you're saying, like really loving on myself and pampering myself and just taking really good care of my mind, my body and my spirit. I was like, okay, if I ever do decide that I want to get in the dating pool, Hopefully I'll be ready because I won't be expecting somebody to, you know, how they used to say, complete me, you know? So I I think that's great. Um, I love that. Yeah. Um, So when it comes to the list, right, you know how people say, oh, you know, women should stop operating from this list with these standards that they have to have. I don't see anything wrong with that. And I wanted to ask you guys what your thoughts are about having a list. Well, I mean, I, I guess I'm the biggest uh, <laughs> proponent for a list, and I, I think they're valuable. Mm-hmm. Now, now, you I mean list from what standpoint? List for a potential mate or list for yourself? A uh, uh, list for your potential mate. Okay. All right. That's what I thought you were talking about. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Because my thing is this, how else would you find the, another person when they show up? Right. Because I think what you said at the very beginning was about self-love, and, and to me, that also means self-awareness, knowing who you are knowing what you like, knowing what you don't like, some of those things you need to really be mindful of yourself in order to make that list. So it's, it's, to me, it's a progressive step is being having self-love, knowing what you like, what you don't like, what you can tolerate, what you can't tolerate. Then you can get into making that list because now you have a better idea because you've examined what's inside of you. You now have a better, a more clear way, more concise way to create the list of what is acceptable and what's not. Some people are just asking for a husband mm-hmm. or asking for a wife. And a lot of people will fit that bill but what type of wife, what type of husband do you need mm, mm-hmm, that, mm-hmm. that completes, you know, not, not necessarily complete you, but is complimentary, complimentary to you. Right. Mm-hmm. So a lot of people are just out there looking, Oh, God, send me a husband. God, send me a wife or whatever. Okay. Well, he could, I could do that. But he said he would give you the desires of your heart. Right. Mm, mm-hmm. What is it that's in your heart that you want? 
Do you want somebody that's intellectually stimulating? Do you want somebody that likes to go hiking, that likes to travel? Make a list mm -hmm. down to the physical, down to the intellectual, the emotional side of it. What Do you want somebody that's emotional? Or do you want somebody that's not as emotional? All these things are important. Yeah. I and think, I think that's great. Go ahead, Dana. Sorry. That's okay. I think too, we find even in giving you insight into the marriage and what we deal with in coaching that even with people, oh, I don't want to box God in with a list mm -hmm. and, you know, all these super spiritual things, but we've, we've dealt with it with couples that haven't made the list, even as Devon said, down to the physical, then they come to us because they're not attracted to their spouse. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And they mm -hmm. want us to fix that. We're like, well, unfortunately, we can't fix that. Like, <laughs> you know, praying isn't going to help. I mean, you know, oh, well, they were, you know, they 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 were awesome in prayer. And I really wasn't attracted to them, but it was their emotion and personality. Well, that's not going to work all the time. Mm -hmm. You know, we are physical creatures. And if you're not, you know, attracted to that person, that may be something that you want to consider. Mm hmm. And I, I think it's sad because a lot of times when you get older, like I'm in my 50s and the women in this community, a lot of them are in their 50s or older, we start to say, well, maybe our standards are too high. And maybe he is a great guy and he checks a lot of the boxes, but he isn't as physically fit or at all as I would like for him to be. And it's like what you're saying, like over time, when you start to want to go and like when I like to travel and you know when I do international travel I like to experience the country I like to hike and do all you know the activities that there are to do and if I'm going to be with somebody who can't do those things that's going to kind of take away from how I would like for my life to be and I don't want to compromise in that area but what I found is a lot of women you know they just kind of say well he has all of the other things or a lot of the other things and I'm thinking to myself, well, they're going to be coming and looking for Devon and Dana later because they're not, <laughs> right, right. They're not going to be happy. They're not going right. to be happy. And you can't let people talk you out of what you want for yourself. And, right. you, you, you know, I hear men say this a lot, like, well, y'all just have two high standards. You know, your man could be, you know, sitting right across the room from you, but you don't want to date him because he's overweight. And what's wrong with that? You know, just being too picky. And that's just not fair. Right. And I think there's a balance in that. What you're talking about is balance, too, because, yes, we can have a list that's too extreme and too perfectionistic. Right. Okay. But you have to know this is where within yourself, you have to know what's your non-negotiable. Mm -hmm. What is it for you as an individual that's a non-negotiable? Maybe a little fluffiness around the midsection is OK for somebody, <laughs> some, some folks. Right. But it may not be for you because you you working out seven days a week. Right. That's not a good. That's How is that going to work? Right. Mm -hmm. So you got to know within yourself what's the negotiable, what's non-negotiable for you and to, you know, it could be a perfectionistic type thing. That's where some people get into the other extreme. Right. Mm -hmm. So really being a, mindful of what works for you. What's a non-negotiable. Some I'll talk to guys for a second, because the guys that I deal with, uh, some of the guys I've dealt with, they come to me with that same issue. I'm not attracted to it or whatever. Mm. Well, as a dude, you knew that when she when you said hello. <laughs> <laughs> whether you are attracted to or not, every dude knows whether or not he's attracted physically to a woman. That's important for us guys, right? Mm -hmm. Women, it may be secondary for women because they want to connect on the emotional level. However, we've got to be honest as guys, what is it that I want that's a non-negotiable? And for most guys, the physical part is a non-negotiable. Mm -hmm. right? mm -hmm. Yeah, it's pretty important for guys. What? So when it comes to dating and, and Christian women trying to find love and positioning themselves to meet a great Christian guy, what advice do you have? Where do we go? Where do we look? Do we go on apps? Like, what are your thoughts about that? 
You shaking that or me? Yeah, we get both. I mean, I'm I'm open, right? I I mean, even before we dated, I did the apps. I've done the dating sites mm-hmm. or those things. I'm okay with it. Mm-hmm. But you have to have standards. And for us, I'm more at this particular age because I'm in that realm as well. If I'm thinking about it, if I were in the single, I don't have time to play games. Like okay. it's to the point and bottom line. Like, are you do you have a savings account? Like I'm asking serious <laughs> questions. Like, do you 401k, what debt do you have? Yeah. Like where what does retirement look like for you? Right. What are you, the later years? Are you ready to travel the world or do you want to stay home and play with the grandkids? Right. Those are the types of questions that I would have. And I would be looking if I like to travel. There's plenty of single black travel groups. Right. That's where I would be going. Where, okay. What do I like to do? Where am I? Because there's so many people that, oh, they're going to meet me in the church. Well, if they go to a different church. You're never going to find each other. Exactly. Yeah. I, th- I think you, if I, if I as a guy can weigh in on that, I think a lot of times women need to look at where a, a man is actively engaged. For example, what I mean by that, I mean, is he actively engaged with volunteering somewhere? Is he actively mm-hmm. engaged? Uh, in a, you know, I'm saying in a church. That's, that's okay. Is he yeah. involved? Is he serving? I mean, just going to church, showing up in a suit is one thing, but actually volunteering for with children, things of that nature, because if he can serve, someone in that capacity in a nonprofit or serving someone better other than himself, then he might be a good candidate for serving you in a marriage or relationship. Mm, mm. So that's what I would encourage ladies to really look for. Look at what he's doing. Mm-hmm. Look at what his mind, is he on that frequency? As they would say, is he on a higher level? And is he thinking forwardly? Is he thinking about, as you said, the future mm-hmm. savings? Is he, is he, does he have a business? Does he own property? Does, some of these things seem superficial, but really, you know, does he even have a desire? He may not own a property today, but maybe that's in his heart. Right. This is, hey, I want to own a property one day. That's vision. That's forward thinking. Don't discount that. Oh, just because he doesn't have it in hand right now. Okay. That's one thing. But is he on that level of even, even thinking about that? Right. Thank you for the moment. Right. Should we look at, should we look at his circle of friends as well? Ooh, absolutely. <laughs> absolutely. That's a, that's a huge one because it's kind of like if you, you know, if you know, what is it? Uh, you know them by their fruits, right? Mm-hmm. So you know a guy by his fruits, by the people he hangs out with. And I definitely mm-hmm. think that's a huge indicator. As a matter of fact, it, when I was looking at Dana, I saw her across the room at, at a church that we were going to and we met in the mall. Oh, but wow. I wanted to find out more. Yeah, well, we were going to the same church and didn't know it. And so I would see her. Okay. After after that first meeting, and I would ask people about her, I was like, you know anything about this this girl over here? You know, mm-hmm. I literally was asking folks about her character. I wanted to know who she was. Mm-hmm, so I think that's, mm-hmm. that's vital. Do you, know, you um? Do you? I you know what I also think too is being set up or introduced to people by your friends. You know, people who know the person. Like you said, you were asking people about Dana, right. because to me, like at least somebody's vouching for them. Oh yeah. <laughs> yes definitely I think you (laughs) especially at this age people know you you've connected you've established relationships and your friends hopefully they they know you Mm -hmm. and they can introduce you to someone that they may feel is compatible to what your desires are and that might be helping you 
along the way than mm-hmm. starting out from ground zero, so to speak. Yeah. yeah. And it's scary too. Like, honestly, when I say, I don't know if I want to date, I really mean that. And I, I'm trying not to get emotional, but I really mean it because I have worked so hard to have the peace that I have in mm-hmm. my life. And I don't know if I want to, I don't even know if compromise is the appropriate word, but I don't know if I want to do that because you have to change and shift mm-hmm. when you are, you know, joining, um, you know, lives with somebody. And I have worked really hard to get out of debt. And I, you know, I've worked really hard just to be able to do the things that I want to do. So to me, it's, I think a lot of it is fear. And I don't know if I've really been honest with myself about like, oh, I'm happily single or whatever. I'm happy, you know, I have joy. Mm -hmm. But I think some of it is fear, like fear that my life will be disrupted or fear that I'm going to make the wrong decision and I'm going to end up losing a lot of what I've spent time building. Do you know what I mean? Absolutely. And that's, that's huge. I agree. I agree. I, the thoughts that I have in regard to that, Mm -hmm. I think now you're a different person Mm -hmm. and that if those instances from your past or something similar were to come up, you would be able to nip that in the bud quicker Yeah, and, and, you know, Mm -hmm. pull back. Whereas in the past, I'm just speaking for myself, I may have let things go that should have been cut a long time ago. Okay. Whereas now you are in a good space you know when you're off that mm-hmm. is different and you can take a pause. Okay. So that's those red flags. Yes. Those would be the red flags. And the other thing is being open because yes, you're in a great place now, mm-hmm. but when someone comes into your life, they're going to make it better. They're going to open you up some to some things that you may have not even experienced or ever thought Mm-hmm. So saying, oh, I don't want to interrupt what you have now. Sometimes interruption is beautiful mm-hmm. because mm-hmm. it does open the door for you to have something that you've never experienced mm-hmm. with someone. Okay. So I do understand the fear aspect because I've dealt with that as well. And I would say that's what I found in Devon, that I was able to open myself up and I was able to experience a love that I had never experienced before. Mm. And I was single. I had my own house, my own career. I had two or three vehicles. I was doing my thing. Okay. But when he entered, it was different. And it was something that was so special that I can't even imagine now, 18 years in, not allowing myself to to experience that. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. And I, I, if I can jump in there too, just real Please quick. Please do. The other side of that, I feel like it's what you just mentioned is, is good in and of itself. When you say that, I don't know if I want to get married. Mm-hmm. I think that's a great place to be. I was at that place right before, literally right before Dana walked in. I was at that place. I was like, you know what? Um, I wasn't out there. I, was, I wasn't out there messing around, doing whatever. I was always kind of serious and had this old school mentality. So I knew when I was dating somebody, it was going to be serious. I was looking for the long haul. But I came to a place where I was like, you know, a few relationships went south. I was like, you know what? God, I'm good if it, if it doesn't happen. And mm-hmm. I literally was not just saying that to, to check the box or sound, whatever. I was serious. I was at a place in my life. Where I was like, you know what? I'm good. I'm 20. Well, I was, I think it was 26 when we met, something like that. I was 26 years old. I was like, I'm good. If I never meet anybody, I think I'm okay with being single for the rest of my mm-hmm. life. And I meant that. And that's when she walked in. But I think you really have to examine that and walk through all those emotions and say, you know what? 
I can be okay. And what that speaks to, that speaks to being satisfied. You speak that speaks to being satisfied within yourself. And that's what people are attracted to. When you're mm. happy with yourself, when you're content, when you're bringing that joy, you're at the restaurant dancing, listening to music, enjoying life. Some dude's gonna see that and be like, you know what? That's what I want to be involved. Because no dude wants to be around drama. Mm -hmm. No, you know what I'm saying? And so really <laughs> having that place of peace and contentment is attractive. Mm -hmm. Nobody wants a man that's necessary, a woman that's de desperate. No man wants a woman that's desperate. And so really having that place of peace and knowing that I'm okay with myself is a very attractive. And so I, I encourage you and any lady out there listening, be at peace with yourself. Come to that place. If you're not, and the flip side of that, if you're not ready to serve yet another person, maybe you're not ready yet for marriage. Mm, mm -hmm. Because it does take some element of serving another it person does. on both parties, both, uh, for both people in order for it to work. It does. And you guys know, like I have a, I have a son, my son's 23 and mm -hmm. he still lives at home. And I have learned so much about men as my <laughs> son has gotten older. It's really interesting. Like I'll give you an example. Um, one day he walked in and he hadn't taken out the trash in a couple of days and the trash was all piled up and he has two jobs, right? He's a good guy. He's a good guy. He works and works hard. And so he comes in as soon as he hit the door. I'm like, you ain't seen that trash all piled up in there? Like, how come the trash is? I'm, ye I'm yelling at him because I had a bad day. So I'm yelling at him. And he looks at me and says, that's not helpful. Mm. <laughs> and I said, what's not helpful? He goes, I worked all day. And then as soon as I come in, you start yelling about the trash. I understand that you're mad. But that's that yelling, like, that's not helpful. And, you know, a lot of black moms, especially, would have been like, I don't care if it ain't helpful. Da, da, da. I said, you know what? I'm sorry. I said, I do want the trash taken out and I don't want it piled up again. But I respect that. I respect that. So it's like little things like that that I'm really grateful for that he still lives at home. Mm -hmm. Because I, I think that I do kind of need to be reminded, like, this is a human being. This is a man. Like, there's a certain way that men should be respected and treated. And so I'm, I'm learning, I'm learning from him. And then there are other times when he comes home from work and I want to chat because I don't have a Y'all, he comes in and I'll be like, what's up? I say, let me tell you about, you know, da, da, da. he's like, mom, can I tell you why I'm quiet when I come home from work? He goes, because I can tell that you get upset when I don't want to talk to you. He goes, I just want to come home. I guess the only time sometimes that I have like a couple hours to like decompress and like eat my food and watch a show and you want to chat, he goes, I, it's not that I'm trying to ignore you and I don't want to talk to you, but I just want like a little bit of peace. <laughs> there it is. Yeah. We get training from anybody, right? From anybody, Dana. You can get training from anybody. And I'm so glad that I've, you know, I'm mature enough to be like, you should probably listen to him. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And, and that's knowing those boundaries is, is important and, and that's something we've walked through even now. We have, I have, we have two girls and they're the teenage years. And, and okay. one of the things that we have to remind them of when daddy's done working at the end of the day, he may need a, you know, a few minutes for me, it's a few mm -hmm. minutes. Mm -hmm. And I think it's important to find out with your man, which, which is it, is it a few minutes mm -hmm. or is it, a, as you said, with your son, it's a couple of hours. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So really being able to have that conversation because it varies from guy to guy, but every, you know, again, a guy gets a lot pulled out of him on any given day, gets beat up out there being, especially being a man of color sometimes is, is in the workforce is hard and being mm -hmm. able to transition, having that space to get into his own skin after work is important and huge. Mm -hmm. 
one of the um, ladies on Instagram, she had a message, a question for you guys. And she said that she's an entrepreneur and she's, her name's Nikki. And she's really trying to balance building her business and dating. And she said, how do you do that? Wow. Who's going first? You and me. You can go first. Let me go first. (laughs) We're big on everything having balance. And what what I mean by balance is having a regular cadence and rhythm for how you do life and how you devote a certain amount of time to a given thing. Mm-hmm. Businesses, being entrepreneurs, it takes a lot out of you. It takes almost, you could work from sunup to sundown and still not have everything done 24 seven, right? So understanding that that's important, but how much time do you want to devote to that? What percentage of time? Is it Sunday through Friday? And then you spend time devoting to you know, dating, getting to know, because you got to have time for a relationship. Right. You do. You got to build that in. So if you're you're running and gunning twenty four seven as an entrepreneur, before you get into a relationship, you need to take a step back and say, you know what, I need to carve out some time. Number one, for myself, because mm-hmm. if you haven't carved out time for yourself, you're going to be no good to anyone else. So if you if you're running and gunning, all you're doing is your business. And you don't take time for yourself. Mm. That's the first mistake. Number one, you're not ready for a relationship there. But once you have created a normal rhythm of having time for yourself, whether it's I'm, I'm going to take myself out, as you said, to a dinner, a nice restaurant on Wednesdays, and I'm going to go dancing to myself at the table, whatever, on every Wednesday. That's my day for me. That's mm-hmm. great. Now, y'all can more easily add some time in there for dating, mm. for going through the sites, whether it's Thursday. Thursday's going to be my date day. I'm going to go see who I can meet, do some speed dating or whatever it looks like for you, right? But mm-hmm. you've got to have time. You've got to know how to manage the clock. And everybody has the same 24-7 each week you got to know how to how to manage the clock it's, clock, it's all about clock management to all the sports folks out there hmm. okay dana do you have anything to add i think that he pretty much covered it it's the balance because we're entrepreneurs as well and i'm i can work 24 hours on my business and not look up sometimes so it is the work-life balance even in your singleness you have to begin to create that so i think that that would be number one mm-hmm when it comes to sex and dating and Christianity, um, what does that look like? Because it that's a that's a tough one too, especially as you, you know you get older and you feel like okay, well if I don't do this, I'll find somebody else. What what do you think about Christians dating and being celibate during the dating process? Wow, <laughs> you want to go with that? One? I'll let you take that one first. <laughs> do you want me? I mean, for me, I can only talk about what we did. We we did not have sex before marriage. Oh, really? That That's was, awesome. That was our standard, and that is what we believe. And even for our children, that's the standard that we are setting. It has been great for us as far as it hasn't done us a disservice. We've never been able to say, oh, man, I wish we had sex before we got married. Yeah. Mm. And we hear plenty of people say, oh, I wish we didn't. Yeah. Mm. Now, I'm not going to sit here and tell you it wasn't difficult. Right. <laughs> it was difficult to resist, you know. Yeah. Especially in the, in the world that we lived in, what, eight, uh, 20 years ago, because we, we knew each other two years before we got married. So it was definitely hard. But it, as she said, it's, it's not regretful at all, because we we always thought about it like this. We already knew that was going to be good. Mm-hmm. Okay. I said that was going to be good no matter what. Now, maybe, maybe some tweaking we need to do, you know, to get the details ironed out. But we knew the physical part was going to be good. What we wanted to focus on at the upfront, and which I think a lot of people miss out on, is that spiritual and emotional connection. Because mm-hmm. becoming one physically is easy. That's simple biology. That's simple chemistry, right? 
becoming one emotionally and spiritually is a little more challenging and it's not as clear cut. And that's where most people I think miss it. Yeah, they can have all the sex they want up front. And if you're a Christian, there's a certain standard that you're supposed to have anyway, which I know is not popular in this day and time in 2023, mm -hmm. but really putting the car before the horse, we, we've met couples where they, you know, they're married now and they're upset because one wants kids and the other one doesn't. Well, wait a minute. What in the world did y'all do and talk about <laughs> when you were dating? You know, I'm like, this is where that conversation should have taken place before yeah. you got into all of that. But we really have to know who we are on an emotional level and a spiritual level. And you can't do that when you get your hands on everybody all the time up front when you're dating. It's yeah. very hard to figure out who you are. Yeah, that, I mean, and, and pornography too, because I used to watch that and I had to stop because mm -hmm. I just felt like, you know, psychologically, it was just doing something to my spirit that wasn't good. And so, you know, now it's like being single, being celibate for so many years and not reintroducing that into my life. I don't want to do that. It's just like, gosh, like there's nothing. <laughs> And that's kind of scary because I'm used to this now, right. you know, like I'm, I'm used to not being sexually active, you know, not mm -hmm. really doing any stimulation. Like, what would that even look like if I wish, were to start dating? It's scary. Yeah, that that would be scary. One thing that I would want to speak to something that you mentioned that some women may think like, if I don't, they're going to get it somewhere else. Yeah. And that pressure to do that. And it was interesting, Devon and I, this came out of, I think, an argument, one of our first arguments mm -hmm. about, I was comparing him to another guy, not sexually, but just like, oh, well, I've been in relationships longer than you, whatever spout we were having. But his response was, well, those men that you supposedly with or that you thought were so great really didn't respect you as a woman mm. because they put their hands on, he put, they put their hands on you. Mm, mm. I never put my, before we got married, I never touched you in a sexual way or anything like that. So there's no comparison. Wow. You need to stop comparing me to men that you claim were good guys, were great guys. You all had this great life together, but you missing out on the one thing of respecting your body, respecting Ooh. you as a woman and what the, what God wanted us to do as men. That is so true. Oh, my goodness. This lady put up a post on Facebook about a date that she went on with a guy that she had known, like, via phone, like, through business and stuff. And they finally went out on a date. And she said it was a good date. And she said at the end of the date, she gave him a hug or he gave they, they hugged each other and he smacked her on the butt. And she said, did you just smack me on my butt? And he said. Yeah, that's because you've been a naughty girl or something like that, he said. Oh, she said that was so hurtful and so disrespectful. And it's wow. not sex, but the fact that he would take the liberty and have the audacity to smack her on the butt. Wow. Like, what does that even mean for the future? She's not going out with him again, of course. But that's <laughs> that's what we're dealing with in this world of dating. Because I feel like, and I'm not trying to blame all women, but I just feel like, so many women just let men talk to them any old kind of way, touch mm -hmm. on them any old kind of way, say any old kind of thing and chuckle it off, even if their feelings are hurt, because we're operating like there's a shortage of men out there and we're just allowing people to be disrespectful. I thought that was so disrespectful. And so does she. Oh, <laughs> yeah, definitely. I would have had some problems and probably some choice words if that happened mm -hmm, <laughs> to mm -hmm. me. But yes, having that respect for yourself and honoring 
that there is someone there that has the same perspective that you have. Okay. There may not be, it may not be a whole laundry list of longer list than those that maybe want to jump in the bed with you, but there are still men out there. We know men personally yeah. Oh, yeah. that mm-hmm. are single men that are not having sex that are in their forties, in their fifties that are waiting as well. So they are out there. Where are they? <laughs> right. Look, I, I have to trade up and give you some of my buddy's information right. so you have that after this is over. Right? We got you. We got you. I'm like, where, He's on where the West Coast, though. So Yeah, that's true. That's yeah. True. Where where are they? They're uh, where you are? Yeah, yeah East Coast. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Okay. That's okay. Maybe so. <laughs> I might relocate. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> okay, so before before we wrap this up, this has been really good, honestly. And you know, kind of a little bit of coaching for me too. Thank you. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> if I if I've missed anything, first of all, make sure you add anything that I've missed. Um, but I also want people to know how to find you. And what services you offer. I know you have something coming up, I believe, in February. So please share. Okay, yeah. So in February, we're actually doing a live interactive class. And this is for newly engaged couples or even seriously dating couples. This is kind of the cheat code. Mm. What we're giving to you is what we do actually in marital coaching classes. So you're getting information, you're getting details on how to manage your relationship, how to communicate effectively, how to resolve issues and emotionally connect was one of the biggest ones that Devon talked about earlier Mm -hmm. is lacking a lot of times in relationships. So we're having a live class with us. You'll be able to ask questions and get all the information that we do in our regular coaching session with marriage married couples. So that is starting on February the 5th. And you can go to our Instagram page, which is Legacy Impact Coaching. And there's a link there that has the registration for that. Okay. If you do have married ladies that are over 50 that are listening, we do the marriage coaching, of course, as well. Okay. And I would say with that, that that premarital class that we're offering and even the premarital coaching that we do, we we strongly encourage couples to do that because some of the questions you had earlier about compatibility and things of that nature, we tell people we're there to see your see your blind spots. We like that blind blind spot monitoring that you have on your car, a little amber light that flashes when there's a car in your in your blind spot. Mm-hmm. We help couples, we help people see that. Mm-hmm. And unfortunately, mm-hmm. part of our work and, and is killing dreams to a certain extent because <laughs> there are couples that come to us for premarital. And after a few sessions, we're not looking for this, but by the nature of what we do, it comes out in the wash. We've had That's people so to contact us and say, you know what? What are you seeing what I'm seeing in that session? I'm I'm having my my second thoughts about this situation. Mm. And right and when sometimes it's like, well, rightly you should. Right. Because that is a red flag. And so sometimes having that village around you, having someone who can be that blind spot is important and that's that's the importance of coaching and having that premarital coaching before you get into something that you've got to go to the court and spend the whole thousands of dollars to get out of find out do your due diligence up front yeah it's like take taking care of your health before you have big old hospital bill exactly (laughs) make that initial small investment beforehand and get all the things that you need to get so that you can either walk away or have a successful beautiful marriage i love it i love it so good yes did i did i not ask you anything that you wanted to share well, I mean, on the, I know there's one thing. Well, Dana has a story, actually. She actually was in a relationship oh. before we got married. <laughs> I want to hear. And it was that exact scenario where yep. she was, uh, when I met her, she was in a long-distance relationship. 
he was that way and they were going to get married. Mm-hmm. And so there was a pastor involved. I don't want to mess the story up, okay. but, but you want to tell it? Or I'll you... tell it. Okay. <laughs> so, yes, this is maybe someone's here that's in a relationship right now. So I will give this story. I was in a relationship. We met actually on a dating site um, and we were both Christians doing everything right, the right way. We would have chaperones with us. We weren't, we weren't doing anything alone, never had sex, anything like that. He was actually going to be a pastor, studying to be a pastor. And we were in this relationship and we had sent out invitations. We had paid for, I paid for my wedding gown. We had paid deposits. We were getting married. Hmm. And 60 days before the wedding date, we called it off. Hmm. And it was because I had a friend, a pastor friend. Again, we had a group of people around us. So that too is so important as well. Even in, even in an older age, having that accountability and knowing your boundaries or your limits on what you could or couldn't do mm-hmm. is so critical. So I had a, pa- a pastor, one of the pastors call and was like, I don't think that, you know, he's like, I'm going to say this and I'm probably going our relationship is probably going to end. He said, but I believe that I need to share this with you. I believe it is the truth. And he shared that he didn't think that this was a relationship that should go forward into mm. marriage. So really? immediately, yes. So immediately you have all the emotions. Why are you doing this to me? Why didn't you say anything sooner? All those questions. So of course I hang up and I call my fiance at the time and he's like, okay, he's just trying to break us up. Don't listen to him. Don't talk to him. Mm-hmm. All of those things. So long story short, just at, we decided to really pray and fast and not talk mm-hmm. me and my fiance and I and come back. And from that, that's what we did. Mm-hmm. And I remember praying and asking God specifically, I was like, okay, I do not want to be wrong. I want you to know, I want this to be what it is. Right. And actually that's what happened. And when it did at first, I was fearful. I was, I can't believe this is happening. Mm-hmm. And so we ended up calling it off. To be Wait, so, can I, so did God show reveal to him the same thing that it wasn't the right thing? Yes. Oh, he did. Okay. Yep. So what did that conversation look like when you guys came back together after the fasting? So pretty much it was not a very long conversation. Mm, mm -mm. Um, So, you know, I let him go first because if he didn't say what I, what I'm going to be, just be honest. If he didn't say that he wanted to call it off, I wouldn't have called it off. Okay. Even though you, you were led in your spirit to call it off. Yes. Because you wanted marriage that badly or you loved him that badly? It was probably a little bit of both, maybe. Yeah. And just fear the shame. Okay. You sent out invitations. I've spent thousands of dollars. You're telling, you're, you know, you're telling everybody, you know, all of that. Mm-hmm. I didn't want to go through that. Yeah. I was always right. And I'm always a strong person. I always make good decisions. How in the world what, wouldn't I know before now? Like all the questions that people would have been asking me, I didn't want to answer. Mm-hmm. Wow. Well, thank you for sharing that because I think that that really might help somebody, especially somebody who hasn't quite yet made it to the altar, right? And, and people feel these things all the time. You'll hear people 
who have been married for years and they got divorced and they'll tell you, like, I knew going in. <laughs> yes, yeah. it is. And, th- and we tell people all the time, until you say I do, you can say no. We've seen people that have actually, the day people are sitting there waiting for the ceremony and the parents have to come out and say, this is not, this isn't happening. Mm-hmm. Mm. And you know, too, those, um, those proposals that you see all over social media, <laughs> I-, I think sometimes people, I think sometimes the men do it because they know the pressure will make the woman say yes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 And, I, and I'll say this too, just kind of a caveat to that story. kind of was uh, what was playing in the background too. There was a guy that Dana knew was in the friend zone who was asking her, are you sure you're supposed to marry this yeah. guy? And that guy was me. Mm-hmm. Oh, you were asking Dana that. I asked her that. I, I was, because mm-hmm. again, I got to know, I met her and she didn't mention anything about her boyfriend or fiance until two months into the game. Okay. To me getting to know her. And it was just group settings, you know, at friends. church and things of that nature, friend zone, you know, kind of thing. And I was like, you got a boyfriend? I don't see a ring. I don't see anything. But again, he was a long distance and hadn't gotten her the ring yet. So in the meantime, they would have arguments and she would come to me and say, hey, uh, why are guys like this? Or, you know, <laughs> there was a time when she was really broken up and they, I guess they, they were on again, off again, and they broke up. And she would come to me saying, you know, she was breaking down, crying. I'm speeding over to her house because she's crying. I've never heard her cry. And I was, I'm like, Dana, are you, are you sure you're supposed to marry this guy? And I knew what I was feeling. I liked her. I was feeling her. And she was like, yeah, I'm supposed to marry him or whatever. But in the meantime, I was also praying. So again, I was praying for God's will to be done. I said, not that I would get her. If she's supposed to be with me, I think she is. Then God let that happen. But I was also, I was more so praying, God, let your will be done. So again, having the right caliber of people around you Mm -hmm. to pray you through that situation Mm -hmm. is important. And there were even prophecies that were given while they were together. Mm -hmm. And we, we discovered years later after she and I got married, that the prophecy was actually for me because the prophecy never called that gentleman by by name, right. but it just spoke to the marriage and it was speaking to a situation that we were in. Mm-hmm. So when I tell you having the right people around you is everything, it is everything. Having a right caliber of people is important and vital. It, it, it really is. And if you're dating somebody, like I dated a pastor once who had no mentors and I, I told myself I will never date anyone again who doesn't have anybody he looks up to or anybody he can go to and someone's going to call him out on his stuff. Right. Like I'm never doing that again. And, you know, right. it was a very selfish one-sided relationship where I was hidden. Nobody at church knew we were dating and it was just a mess. And we find ourselves in these situations and we know that they don't feel right. Mm-hmm. <laughs> right. But, but we just move, move right on through it until, you know, it just comes out that this isn't a good fit, but, Anyway, you know, I, I appreciate those stories and I hope that somebody is listening who might be in the situation right now and feeling like, oh, yeah, I'm kind of feeling like that. And maybe I do need to go on a fast or maybe I do need to talk to, you know, mentors or people it, it, I respect and get more clarity around this. And maybe I need to go to this coaching thing that you guys have coming up in February. And it, I think it can be really insightful for people, too. Yeah. Yep. It's an eight week course that we're doing. So the information is on the website. Okay. Well, I, I think everybody should do it. Whoever's dating right now should definitely get into that. Um, well, I appreciate you guys taking the time to to chat with me today. This was as good as I thought it was going to be, even better. Oh, uh, thanks for having us. <laughs> I appreciate you saying yes. I know you don't really know me, but we've been uh, connected on social media for a while. And I, like I said, I love your content. You guys please follow Legacy Impact Coaching. They're funny. They're beautiful people. They're Christian. Clean content. I am a big believer in clean content. 
Right. Yes. I don't I don't want to see a whole bunch of foolishness on my social media. That's and right. so you guys have such good content. I appreciate it. Even though I'm not dating or married, I still benefit from it. So follow them. They're awesome. If you want to connect with me on social media, you can follow me at GYSB Movement. I'm GYSB Movement on all social media platforms, TikTok, um, IG, and kind of YouTube. But you can follow TikTok and IG for the most of the post. And that's it. Thank you guys so much. And I will see you on the next episode of GYSB Talks. Uh, it's been a pleasure. Thanks again. Bye-bye. Thanks, Carla. Bye. Okay, bye. Thanks. All content on this podcast and any linked blog, podcast, webinar, course, or video material is created and produced for informational purposes only. The content is not intended to be a substitute for professional medical advice and should not be relied on as health advice. The information is general and may not be suitable for your personal circumstances or complete health objectives. Do not use this content as a standalone resource to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease for therapeutic purposes or as a substitute for the advice of a health professional. Never delay seeking advice or disregard the advice of a medical professional based on our content here on this podcast. If you have questions or concerns about your health or medical condition, please seek guidance from a medical professional.